0: So I'm going to continue today teaching you about the Holy Spirit. Today I want to talk to you about saying yes to the Holy Spirit. Everybody say yes. Yes Yes to the Holy Spirit. Uh, And I'm going to continue on next Sunday with it. And I'm going to teach you some things about the manifestation, the sustenance of it and all that. It's going to be really good, really about the fire of the Holy Spirit. But today I want to talk to you about the yes to the Holy Spirit. And then the following Sunday, I think, is when Prophet Trout is here. So we're going to have a great, great November. Amen. Can you, do you believe that this morning? Amen. So in 2018, God spoke to our church family here and said, open wide our hearts. Open wide your hearts and hear like never before so that we can experience an increase in his anointing power and presence. And that was our word for 2018. Open wide your heart. To see and to hear what God wants to do in us and through us to experience His power, His presence, and His manifestation like never, ever before. Now, in 2018, we didn't know 2020, 2019, and 2020 was coming, right? That's a year that God really began to break things loose in us, but it was still a word. We didn't see it. We just started to see growth again. We just started to see some good stuff. It's kind of introduction of that 2018 and 2019 was two of the greatest years of growth in this ministry since we were early on in finances and attendance and salvations and everything. And then we had COVID hit. But, you know, I, I really wonder if we'd even be here if we hadn't had that experience with God in 2018 and 19 to prepare us for COVID. And there's still churches in our cities that have not even, large churches that are not even attending in live services, but look around, there's a few people here, right? And I just don't even know if we would be here, especially financially, if that had not happened, but instead we've gotten stronger financially through this time. We've gotten stronger in relationships through this time. I don't remember, ever remember a time that our church was more healthy than it's been in the last two years, and I, I'm just so blessed and thankful and humbled for that Because it doesn't have anything to do with me. It has everything to do with God and us together, what we do together. And as we opened our heart up, God began to pour his power, his blessing, his favor, his anointing on this house. And if it's on this house, it's on you. It comes on the head of the house and it goes down. Psalms 131 says, from the priest from the head down through his garments is the oil and the blessing of the Lord, the commanded blessing of the Lord, because God always chooses a man or always chooses a woman to lead his church, his people. And he's done it and in any ministry that he's anointed, that is going to reach multitudes, he always chooses a man or a woman and anoints them. It's not a democracy or a monarchy. It's a theocracy, yeah. right? And and as we begin to learn that, I want you to God called Stephanie and I to come to this city really seven years before we even came. So we came in 1999, Parker was one when we moved here, So you know, rented and sold everything we had in Columbus to move here, took everything we had and put it up and rented a warehouse for over 3,000 a month over there, at bingo hall behind, on Alexander Drive behind Daugher's over there, it used to be Daugher's, that strip center. Anyway, God's done some amazing stuff, we were in this building before our sixth anniversary and had already sown a million dollars to missions and, and moved into this building, God. Had, Had done some cool, cool things. But as always, you're never gonna create a life where you don't need God. And you're never gonna create a life where, well, you can create a life where you don't need God, but it's dangerous. And and in that is the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm gonna talk to you about the power of the Holy Spirit because you and I, God said, come to this city, build a church of the Gentiles. That, that when you go to a UK football or basketball game, it, your church is gonna look like that. All different races, ages, economic situations, educational situations, all that. That's the way your church's gonna look. Yeah, it's all right to clap, because it hadn't always been easy. And if you've been here a while, you know it's not been easy, right? But we're family. Everybody say we're family. And we really are a living testimony to what God can do if our nation and the body of Christ would wake up that we are all one and equal in God and he loves us all the same. Do you believe that this morning? But Satan loves to divide, doesn't he? But he's also a liar and the father of lies. So, so as God called us to do that, the other thing he called us to do, he called us to bring the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, well, God, are you sure? I mean, yeah, that'd be awesome, but isn't that already prevalent in Lexington? I figure, you know, in the Bible Belt, it must be man... And he said, I told you, I want you to bring the power and demonstration in my spirit to that city. And we've been laughed at, mocked, ridiculed, shamed, and everything else, but we refuse to be refused and denied to be denied. The fact that God is alive, he is risen, he gave us Holy Spirit, he lives in us, he's able to do for us what we can't do for ourselves, and we will allow him to manifest and demonstrate however he chooses. That's just who we are. That's our DNA. And we wouldn't see people like this getting healed uh, of serious illnesses. And many of you have been healed, saved, delivered, set free. Your children have, your friends, your cousins, brothers, and all that have. Why? Because we have not been ashamed of the gospel. The gospel is more than just telling the truth that Jesus rose from the dead. It's telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth about Jesus, that he gave us the promise, the paracletos, the Holy Spirit, the one called alongside you and in you for this time. And, and we, we'd just be denying ourselves if we denied that. You and I in this church, we are called to live a supernatural lifestyle. Why? Because that's the way God birthed the first church in Acts, right? He birthed it with the supernatural fire and power of God. I'll get into that next week. Tons of fire came down on them in Acts chapter 2, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Immersed, baptized uh, means to submerge or emerge in. It's kind of like if I took a glass of water, when you're born again, you're filled with the Spirit. We say filled with the Spirit, but you're filled with the Spirit when you're born again because the Holy Spirit is living in you, right? But baptismo or baptismo, what it means is to immerse or submerge. It's like taking you with the Spirit in you, Holy, with Holy Spirit in you, take a big bucket of water and drop that full glass down in that water and it overflows, that is being immersed or submerged or baptized into Holy Spirit. You see the difference? It's one thing to be filled with, but it's another thing to be immersed in. Oh, come on, somebody. So, you know, we got to continue to prepare ourselves and grow ourselves in handling Holy Spirit and how he wants us to uh, 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 operate. Now... uh, None of this stuff that we see here, definitely, Steph and I know this for sure, could have happened without Holy Spirit and what He's done and how He's led us through this journey. Now it's obvious that you know the subject of the Holy Spirit is something very. Uh, Steph's out helping getting things ready for after this. We have a great time after this, but it's obvious that Steph and I do our best to live by Holy Spirit. We're we're not always there. We're like you. We make mistakes. We fail. We sin. We just have to do like you do. We have to repent, and we just have to humble ourselves back before God and say, Holy Spirit, forgive me and use me, you know, whatever I need to do, because we can't do anything good without him. Can you say amen to that? So, you know, I was raised in church, you know, Nazarene, and I'm thankful for my heritage. Pam, you, me and you were both raised in Nazarene, right? You were in the big city of Ashland, though. I was in Little Owain as population 600. But uh, yeah, I was raised in that, and I'm thankful for my heritage of holiness. I'm thankful for my heritage of sanctification and believing in a lot of the power of God and a lot of the truth of God. But one thing that was not in the little Black Nazarene book, and I don't hold it against them, we all go with what revelation we have, and that is sanctification is a second work of grace, but not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They didn't consider that, nor did they uh, exercise speaking in tongues or their prayer language. And it took me a few years to seek that out. And once I did and got a taste of it, I just couldn't go back. I loved the folks there. I had to leave the Bible college and everything because I didn't want to be a problem because I knew I received something more. And so it's dear to my heart. I I, I left where my, I got my, all, everybody but my mom, I led to the Lord and our family that was in that area. My, two of my sisters, my brother-in-laws, my brother and his wife, I led them, and a lot of our friends, I led them to the Lord in that little Nazarene church, and it kind of shocked them when I left, and they were kind of angry at me, but I did it in love, and I talked to my pastor before I did it, and he loved me, and, and, and I, I never caused a problem. I went to a church in another city because I didn't want to hurt that, and we still have, have a relationship. He visited here before he passed not long ago, and so I always honor Pastor Art because he was the one that led me to the Lord and mentored me, and that's where I received my call to preach this gospel. And uh, we always loved and honored one another. So, so, but I know in when you see things, even like last weekend, how many of y'all saw some things up here you've never seen before? Wave at me! Don't don't act like you're all holy. Yeah, people saw some stuff. And and how many of you experienced some things up here you'd never experienced before? Just wave, yeah. yeah. And, and so, what I want to talk to you about today is saying yes to the whole Holy Spirit. You know. Sometimes, you know, when you look at things, there's a lot of confusion and lack of understanding about the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and one of my favorite things is what's that thing about getting knocked down? What's that thing about getting slain in the Spirit? I remember when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's a cool story how I did, but I don't want to get into it. But I'll never forget it. I'm in this new church, and this guy had been mentoring me, and I didn't even realize it. Then when he prayed with me, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm in the church and they're having a Sunday night service and they're getting ready to lay hands on people. And I would saw people fall out before and I thought, Lord, I know I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. I got my prayer language, but what if I go up here and he touches me and I don't fall? It, I started doubting myself. Then I was like, well, maybe I just won't fall because I don't have to fall. I'll just stand there. Well, little did I know when he touched me, boom, I was out. And that doesn't mean you will be or you won't be. It's not anything to do with emotion. It's not anything to do with that. It's just the expression of the whole, of Holy Spirit in you, through you, and he manifests different ways in your life and around you to 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 uh, to build you, to grow you, so you can become the person God designed you to be. So I remember that, and I, I've had people say, oh, he was up there just knocking people down, and... A lot of you uh, ushers and other people around me, you see sometimes I don't even touch people and they fall. It's not me. It's just I can sense when the Holy Spirit is so strong that he wants to love someone. He wants to bless them. He just wants to encourage them. He wants to give them something I know I can't give them, right? And sometimes we lay hands on people. Whatever he wants because I could really care less what people think about me as long as I'm doing what God told me to do, right? Now, it used to bother me, but it don't. And uh, so you, you can't ever, you know, I bet you come to church like, oh yeah, I got them here. I hope it's not one of the wild services. I love them, but oh Lord, if they see that, well, they're probably the one that needs the wild service. And maybe you need to do your job after service to explain to them what happened. Well, this message can help you on that journey to do that. Um. Another one, another one, goodness, what's this talking in tongues thing all about? What's this stuffing chattering and babbling? I don't understand it. I'm, well, you don't need to understand it. It's in Jude, and we'll talk about it later. It's to edify and to build up the person releasing it. And it is a tongue, another language, another dialect that we wouldn't know. Now, you can get to a place in your life where you can interpret a lot of what you are doing. And then there's also the gift of tongues, which is different than your prayer language, that, that first Corinthians talks about. And then with the gift of tongues, you will give a tongue. You've heard me do it. You heard me announce it in a language that none of us could understand on our own. And then give the English translation to that. And Paul talks about that in others. And I'm not going to get into all that today. But, but there is a public tongue, I call it, which is the prophetic. And that's one of the nine gifts of spirit. When, when the prayer language of tongues and the interpretation comes together at one time, And then there's the gift of tongues of your prayer language that you have as a believer. And the Bible teaches us that that's how we communicate with God beyond our own own understanding. Romans 8 says as we stammer and and we speak, what connecting with God through the Holy Spirit, praying things we would never know, we'd never understand, praying for interceding for people, interceding for ourselves, getting revelation that we can't understand. It's like talking, it's it's the language of angels, really. That we're speaking, so so there's some of those things, and then what's this spirit-filled, spirit-led stuff you talk about? Well, you know, I think spirit-filled—it's it, used in the Bible. Some, um, I think it can be a little misleading because when we say spirit-filled, and before I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, Miss Gwen, I said, "You're going to tell me I'm not filled with the Spirit? I know I'm born again and blood-bought. I know I'm fu- I'm full of God, right?" But it's more than being spirit-filled and spirit-led. What it is, it's being immersed in to where not only the Spirit of God is full in you, but full around you and on you and all over you, right? So it's really to, to baptize, to immerse or submerge into. So as we get into this today, I want, I want to talk to you. And I'm just kind of talking to you because I think that's the best way. When you're on a subject like this, you try to preach and shout and run around. I mean, that's, sometimes I've done that. But, but I really feel today it's just a lot of new people here at the church, and I want you to gather in and, and begin to be open and understand. And you that just received the Holy Spirit, maybe you don't even know what you received this last weekend, or you that's been baptized in the Holy Ghost. You know, there's more than one baptism, right? Peter and John got baptized more than once in the Holy Spirit in Acts uh, In Acts in the book of Acts. So we're, I always seek a fresh baptism as well. So I'm not talking to you today about my opinion. I'm going to talk to you today through the scriptures, and I'm not going to get too crazy with it. But I think here is uh, something that's really important that I want to talk to us, and that is to say yes to the Holy Spirit. No matter where you're at in your life, if you're a man, woman of God, you've been in this thing a long time, or you're new, The most important thing you can always do is say yes to the Holy Spirit. Everybody say yes, Holy Spirit. Many years ago, Benny Hinn released a book that really launched him into his healing ministry nationally and globally, saying, teaching about welcome, Holy Spirit. And it's all about his prayer time and how he welcomed the Holy Spirit in, and then he welcomed him in every area of his life and it's up to us to always say even if you don't understand what's going on in a service just say yes holy spirit just be humble enough to say i don't know i don't get that and i need it explained come and ask leadership about it not in a mean way but say hey can you help me with that and there's sometimes we're operating holy spirit we get excited and we miss it right but we got to grace one another and we got but we can't throw as they say in eastern kentucky you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You say, well, how are you going to do that? Well, when I was growing up at my grandma's house, they had a big old tub outside that you took a bath in. She didn't have a bathroom. You had a big washing tub, like a round tub, and then they would wash clothes in it and all that. But that's also what you took a bath in, and they'd take the kids out and, you know, soap you up and lather you up and wash you off. And then you'd get out, and they'd rinse you off, and then you'd dry off and all that. Now, when they throw that water out, they didn't leave the baby in with the bath water. See what I mean? So anyway, for you young folks... Or you sanctified people, I guess. I'm still just 39, but I know it's hard to believe. So anyway, so today I want to talk to you about a few questions. A few questions that, that, uh, that I think a lot of people ask. The first one is, who is the Holy Spirit? Now, you notice I didn't say, what is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit, and I try not even say the I say Holy Spirit because he's a person. Amen. Now, it could be she, it's them, or whatever, because there's neither male nor female in God. We're the ones that deal with male and female. but We just use that article in the Bible, he, and other people. We'll just say she. Well, if, if he's wrong, she's wrong. It doesn't really matter. Just say what the Scripture says. Grow up. You'd be a big boy, big girl someday. Anyway, so... So when we talk about the Holy Spirit being a person, right, he's part part of the Trinity of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as we look at that, we see that God sent the Holy Spirit. But now now here's what's cool about it as we begin to to think this through. Who is Holy Spirit? And as we begin to look at it, um, we see in Genesis 126, it says, God said, let us make man in our own image, in our own likeness, both male and female, right? That we make them in our image and likeness. Now, who's he talking about? He's not talking just to himself. Holy Spirit was here before time began. Holy Spirit was here before the world began. Holy Spirit was here when Jesus, he was. He existed when Jesus existed. And God the Father, they're, they're separate, but they're one. They're the Trinity, but you know, you could argue about that stuff all day long, right? How you, how you how you get into it. And a lot of people like arguing more than they do manifesting and doing what God called them to do. So the Holy Spirit is a person. <clears throat> he's not just a force. He's not a thing or a the or an it. Uh, he's not a manifestation. What happens is, he manifests different ways. Just like when I come in a room, you talk to me, I manifest in conversation and the way I carry myself, and you do the same. And, and like, for instance, I have a sword in my office that was given to me through uh, Pastor Rod and Dr. Summerall and it's given to a lot of the sons, and I'll bring it out next week and use this illustration. But if I took that big sword and held it in my hand, it's fine. But if I had this hot fire with coals, and I took that sword and I held it in there for a while, when I pull that sword out, it's still going to be a sword, but it's going to manifest different. You don't want to touch it after that, right? You don't want to grab what you would burn yourself, more than cut yourself. It's like I could touch this carpet and it just put it on fire. It's the same sword, but it has a different manifestation on it. And that's the way Holy Spirit is. He manifests himself in different ways on you, in you, and through you. And we could sit here and talk a long time about how he shows himself. You see, God told me about 15 years ago that his assignment on my life was to, what, bring two streams together, integrity and faith in God's word, and demonstration and manifestation of his glory, bringing two different streams out here in the body of Christ together, bringing integrity and faith in his word, and that's where we get that, our four B's from, right? We are a place where you belong, right? Where you're loved as you are, not as you or anyone else thinks you should be a place where you believe, and that's it, believe in Jesus and his word, the full gospel, the whole, Jesus and his word. It's all true. It's all real. Where you become who God designed you to be, where you build the kingdom of God through making a difference every day in every way. So as we begin to understand this, how the Holy, Holy Spirit designs us and how he activates himself through us, how he manifests himself through us, So when I say bringing two streams together, integrity and faith in his word, that means his word is true and it stands alone. And let every person be a liar that doesn't agree with that word. We're we're just, that's his word. The Bible says he is the word, right? John 1, 1, in the beginning was what? The word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then there's two Greek definitions for word. One is uh, Logos, which is the sum total and person and personality of Word. And the other is Rhema, promises from the Word and manifestations from the Word. So, so as we understand, Jesus is the Word, right? He is the Word. And then Holy Spirit is the one sent to us to be in us and on us, not just for ourselves, but for others. So as we Bring two streams together, integrity of faith in God's word and demonstration. That's why we are not ashamed to pray for people. And manifestation, we're not ashamed to let them receive their prayer language or their healing or cry or weep or sing or dance. I don't get tore up about that. I'd rather have wildfire than no fire. Believe me, I've had both and I like the latter. I like, I like wildfire, the former me. So is this helping anybody or am I just talking to myself here? So as we look at this, that's what, and the word glory doxa means God made visible, God seen. It means God smeared or rubbed on. So whenever we allow God to to glory us or glorify, when when he comes in his glory, he comes in the Holy Spirit, the form of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, the personal Holy Spirit, what does he do? He's the one that manifests God's glory. He's the one that makes God seen. He's the one that makes God felt. He's the one that makes God touched. He's the one that connects us to God because that's the way God planned it out and that's what Jesus carried out on planet Earth. Can you say yes this morning? So we see that he is specifically what? He is a who, not a what. He is the third person of the Trinity. Now Luke 3, 22 says, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon who? Upon Jesus when he was baptized, right? And a voice came from heaven, which is the Father. So it says the Holy Spirit, number one, when Jesus was being baptized by John the Baptist, the Holy Spirit descended from heaven like a dove on Jesus, right? And then it says when John baptized him, what happened? A voice came from heaven from the Father. So we we understand there's a trinity. There's Jesus, the son, the dove, the Holy Spirit came down on him like that. And then the father spoke from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son in you. I am well pleased. So we see that there's three persons working here. God is still Lord of all, King of kings. Jesus is Lord of all of us and all that and big brother and Lord and savior. And he is the son of the father but Holy Spirit is the one that carries their voice, their mission. Holy Spirit is the one that empowers us, indues us. Holy Spirit is the one activating the promises, the Rama of God from the Logos, the Jesus, the word of God. He's the one that's activating that in and through us and around us. You understand what I'm saying? So as we, we come to real, realize that, uh, we realize also that, He desires a relationship with you. Holy Spirit wants, it's it's like when you get saved, when you're born again, the Bible says in John 3, you're you're spirit, you see, you were all born spirit, right? Adam and Eve were spirit, and whenever they betrayed God and he told them, if you you can do anything you want, you're here to fellowship, da-da-da, grow the garden, and multiply and subdue the earth, but here's one thing, don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, because he knew they couldn't handle the evil and they would fall prey to it, and they were spirit. And he said, Well, the penalty for doing that is, you know, you're gonna have pain through uh labor and childbearing, but also uh you're gonna you're gonna die. You're gonna die. And what's talking about? He's talking about they were spirit, that you know, that so you're gonna die, spirits die. So that's where you get the term born again, whenever Jesus was asked by by Nicodemus in John chapter three. He said, what must I do to be born, again, to be, you know, saved or be with you? And Jesus says, you must be born again. What must I do to enter the kingdom of God? He said, Jesus said, you must be born again. And he said, but I'm an old man. How am I an old man? My mother's been dead a long time. How am I going to, even if she's alive, an old man like me, go up into my mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said, you don't get it. First of all, he said, you must be born again. In spirit, in truth, but you got to be born again, what? First, through the word. Through salvation to see the kingdom of God. What? The water of the word. And then you got to be born again to see the kingdom of God. And, and what happens is through the word and, and, and through the spirit of God. So you get born through the word and the spirit. Jesus is word and spirit and Holy Spirit. But then it says not only to enter the kingdom of God, but to see the kingdom of God. So the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is not just here to get you into heaven. You need him to get into heaven because he is the witness to you and he is the one if no one else knows that you are born again and blood bought by Jesus and he's the one that manifests it where you know that nobody could ever convince you otherwise But, but he's also the one that not only gets you into heaven, he's the one to anoint you to discern to see heaven. See, so you can see heaven all around you now when you see people like this that's been healed and people been saved and people been delivered and you've seen God do great things and marvelous things in your own life, right? That you can't explain yourself, but you knew it was God. And as you begin to demonstrate that and see that and experience that, what's he doing? Now you're seeing God at work, his, what glory, his manifested presence all around you. And so we begin to understand that and we begin to walk in that relationship that's when that you go to a whole nother realm in God. But we all sometimes go through, we all go through seasons and there's times we'll, we'll hit plateaus, we'll, we'll have something bad throw us off track, something good throw us off track, distract us. And, and, and I do myself just like you and I just got to humble myself. God didn't say he would humble you. He said, humble yourself and show yourself approved. That's what Jesus said. So I got to humble myself and say, yeah, I'm stupid, I'm an idiot. I don't have to say that, but I prefer. Because, <laughs> you know, yes, Lord, I, I, I thought I was a little smarter than I was, and please forgive me. But, but I usually cry, grapple, snot, and all that. Why? Because it's real. It's real. And repentance always, you know, it costs something within you. Because, you know, you're, you're wanting to hunger for God again. You're wanting to be there. doesn't mean you've totally turned away from God. It just means you're distracted from his presence and his glory. And Holy Spirit can't use you to manifest the kingdom of God. Holy Spirit wants to use you at work and in your home and in your neighborhood and in church. He wants to use you on the streets of Lexington. He wants to use you to manifest his glory, that they can see his love through you, that they can see salvation through you. You're bringing the salvation of the Lord to a lost people lost generation you're the one that does it but you can't do that without your helpmate the paracletos the holy spirit the one called alongside you so as we see that we see that first of all holy spirit is not a thing and it or whatever holy spirit is a person and part of the trinity of god the second question that i think that needs to be answered today is why did god promise the holy spirit why did he promise us the Holy Spirit? Now, I'll end with this because I got a lot more and I'll pick it up next week. Why did God promise the Holy, Holy Spirit? So again, I'm intentional with this question and what I want you to realize, Holy Spirit is not a man-made religion or a conjured up ideal. Holy Spirit is real, a real person. The Bible says a real promise given to us. Jesus said in John sixteen seven. nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, because they were upset that Jesus said He was going to be crucified. Raised, that He was going to go be with the Father, and they're like, "You're supposed to be King David and take over the Romans. What are you leaving us for?" And He said, "Everybody said I go away. Says for if I go away, the Helper. Everybody said the Helper. Well, if if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send Him to you." So Jesus, the Son of God, knew our Lord and Savior, our grace, the Word. He knew that the only way Holy Spirit, our helper, could come, not just be around us, but be in us and our helpmate, was once he got to the right hand of the Father. And and God would not release Holy Spirit for his assignment until Jesus fulfilled his assignment. So all of us are on assignment. there's, There's people that will never even know their assignment if you don't live your assignment. There are people that will miss their assignment in heaven if, because you miss your assignment and don't tell them about Jesus. There's people that will go on this earth sick until they get to heaven if you don't obey your assignment to pray for them and to heal them. Say, so, well, heal them, how, how am I going to heal them? I don't know, Jesus said heal the sick. Oh yeah, some of you get goofy when I even say it. but so That's why you're where you are. You just don't open your mind. You got these little things. Jesus said when you're saved, what? You're going to cast out devils. You're going to speak with new tongues. You're going to raise the dead. And you're going to what? Heal the sick. He's anointed you to heal, to deliver, to set free. You're not doing it in your name. His name, Jesus. You're not doing it in your power. You're doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit. You're not doing it anything on your own strength. It's his strength. He just uses you as his vessel to do it. So he says, do it. It's a cop-out to say, well, Lord, if it be your will. Come on, Jesus, come on, roll the dice. Maybe they'll get healed or not when I pray for them. Heal them. Damn. Deliver them. Set them free. That's Dr. Summerall come on me there. Oh, I wish you could have said one service. Anyway, what a man. So what I want you to realize is he said, your helper will not come, but if I depart, I will send him. So Jesus, the Son of God, resurrected from the dead, who healed all, healed diseases, set cities free, saved the lost, all that good stuff. What did he do? Then he gave the Holy Spirit, gave Holy Spirit to us. Paracletos, the one called alongside us. Now, what I want you to realize here is Jesus was with the disciples, right? But the Holy Spirit, or Holy Spirit, would what live in the disciples. It was a totally different experience. That's why he said they believed in him. That's why he wanted them to have the upper room experience to endue them with his power. So the Bible tells us in John 16, 33, and an amp says, Jesus said this, says, I have told you, I have told you these things, talking about Holy Spirit, so that you, so that in me, Jesus, you may have perfect peace and confidence, In the world, you will have tribulation, trials, distresses, and frustration. Anybody had any of that in the world, especially in the last year or two? But be in good cheer. Take courage, be confident, be certain and undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. So he said, I have already, God said this about him, right? said said this about Jesus, says that that name that is named, every knee shall bow, right? Every name shall confess he is Lord. But if it has a name, it has to bow. That's why cancer has to bow to him. Racism has to bow to him. Poverty has to bow to him. Religion has to bow to him. Every name that is named must bow its name to that name, Jesus, who is Lord of all. How is that going to happen? not going to happen unless someone carrying Holy Spirit allows him to manifest and does what Jesus said do, heal the sick and win the lost and all that good stuff. It takes people to do it. We we are his earthen vessels and his treasure lives in us. What is his treasure? His Holy Spirit. The third the, in the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, the person in the Godhead, Right? And uh, so as we begin to understand that, we realize in Luke 24, verse 49, he brought this same power to birth the church. It says, behold, I send the promise, everybody say, the promise of my Father were upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are what? Endued with power, where? From on high. In other words, tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power, not from this world, but from God's world. Not from this kingdom, but from God's kingdom. Not from this fear or atmosphere, but from God's atmosphere. So what Jesus was saying to, to them is, there's something you need that you've been with me and you haven't gotten, and I can't get it fulfilled to you until you let me go. But then you got to obey me and go. But just think about that. The first church split, right, was, was in Acts 1, whenever Jesus began to ascend to heaven. And they said, oh, my goodness, where are you going? you leaving us again. And there was over 500 there that day watching him go. And then as he's way up into the heaven, he's going, two angels from Galilee come up and says, what are you concerned about? What are you troubled? This same Jesus shall return. This same Jesus shall return again. But in other words, you got work to do. Only 120 of the 500 made it to the upper room. If Jesus had a church split and lost more than half of them, what are we? He didn't lose anyone they couldn't handle the revelation. They couldn't handle the truth, right? So know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free, John chapter 4. So, so as he said this, and, and we realize, says, Behold, I, say, I send a promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem, and you shall be endued with power where from on high. What? High above everything. High above everything. Every natural thing, he created every natural thing. He framed it, he formed it. So so God is over everything. It doesn't matter what what it is, he can overcome it. And he said this, he said uh, that what you'll be endued, that word in the Greek, endued, means what? To be clothed, to put clothing on, to be clothed or to be put on, to be covered. So he's saying you're gonna be endued with power. The word power there in the Greek is dunamis power. And dunamis has two meanings. Number one, it means power like a dynamite or exploding or annihilating things away. And also the second half of it means to empower, to build up, or to transfer power. So whenever the power of God comes, it can annihilate things in your life. But when the power of God comes, what can it do, dunamis? It can also endue you or transform you or... It's kind of like this um, dynamo, or it's a dynamo or a dynamic. It's kind of like you've heard me use this, like a big D8, huge, one of those huge dozers out there. There's just two little one, one and a half inch lines running, or maybe three or four now. Back in the old days, there's only a couple on each side of this big two or three ton blade out there. Some of them are five ton blades. And you'll see this guy up there just running that big old dozer and he's just taking a finger and moving that blade and pushing the earth and doing all that. If one of those little hoses break, it can't lift or move. And all it has is hydraulic oil running through up to the front of that blade. One of those little hoses break, that whole big dozer is shut down. Why? Because it has no transference of power. It has no dynamic or dynamo of power. The power doesn't come from the blade. The blade is endued with the pressure that comes from the pumps and the hydraulic oil that pressures, and then it comes up to the man's finger, and he can take his finger and direct that big old two- or three-ton blade around because of the dynamo or the transference of power from hydraulic oil through little one- or two-inches holes that can move the earth. How much more can God use you? How much more can God endure you, endue you? How much more can God empower you, clothe you, to change circumstances, to change situations, to transfer power, to annihilate and break away things that's destroying your life? See, I'm endued with power. See, God, you, you keep begging for power. He's saying, Be my power. I'm in you. You're in me. The hope of glory. We are in Christ. He is in us. What? For the hope of glory? The hope of making God visible. The hope of making God seen. When God shows up, the devil runs. Yeah. He didn't want anything to do with God. He already got kicked out of heaven. He knows what that's about. He already knows his assignment. That when this thing, this show ends, and God destroys this earth and this heaven and creates a new heaven and earth, he's got hell created for him and his angels. That's why hell is so horrendous. Hades, it wasn't created for human beings. It was created not for fallen angels, for angels that were kicked out of heaven, spiritual beings, even giants. Kicked out of It's for those people. That's it's not even for you. The Bible says when you get to heaven, you'll be known as you are known. You'll be known and you'll know other people in heaven. But but here's the thing, you'll be known in hell too. You go to hell, you'll, you'll know other people in hell and they'll know you. And you'll just suffer the gnashing of teeth in eternity forever. And people think, well, I just can't believe hell would be forever. What kind of God would do that? God didn't do it, you did it. Yeah, but you don't understand. No, no, God tells you to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. So the question is, which God are you gonna be with? He did not create hell for you, friend, or you online. He created hell for angels that uprose against him to destroy everything and to make us all slaves to sin. And God is going to annihilate every one of them. That's why they go to and fro the earth. Some people are demon-possessed. You know, the reason they're demon-possessed is that something happens, an event, and they open themselves to receive that spirit, just like you can receive the Holy Spirit. That's a lot harder than that. But, but you can receive the Holy Spirit so much easier because God gives everyone faith to do that. Amen. But there's, you got to get into some pretty crazy stuff or some crazy stuff happen for you to be strong enough to even receive a, a spirit like that. But it can possess people. But most people think they're that because they're, they have the spirit of oppression on them or the Bible calls them familiar spirits. It could be lust, it could be addiction, it could be fear, it could be envy, it could be strife, it could be pride. And these spirits can come on you because they know you or someone in your family and you've never dealt with them. Or you've dealt with them every now and then they'll test you and see if you're open again. But you have the power to cast them off you. You don't even give them attention. Just go, get out of here, I don't have time for you. Because all things have to bow to that name that's named. He gave you authority over all that stuff.